Every week, the Orange Fizz team breaks down the five most pressing questions about Syracuse athletics. Holy cow, what a big-time defensive play! No holds barred. I pity the fool. It's the Fizz Five. Five! Sun's shining, you get a Fizz 5. The snow is falling, you get a Fizz 5. No matter the weather, no matter what's going what, on. What happens when it's both in one day? Oh, well, guess what? What? You still get a oh, Fizz okay. 5. Thank you, I was confused. Tyler Aiken alongside Francesco Simone for today's edition. First of all, Francesco, how are you doing today? You know, we're getting we're getting through. Hanging getting in there. Through. Hanging in there. How about you? I'm doing okay. I, I would... I always, you know, claim to be this upstate New Yorker, loves the snow, loves the winter. Well, you don't claim to be an upstate New Yorker. You are one. I am. As am I. But I'm very proud of it. But that 70-degree weather was nice. I mean, it was beautiful. I love the fact that we went from sunny T-shirt weather, torrential downpour to snow in six hours. I love that. That was awesome. It it is the epitome of upstate New York. I just, I, I laugh at the people who aren't from around here. And they're confused by the weather changes. It just makes me chuckle. Uh, they're confuddled, you know. I, I did see I did see some winter jackets when it was seventy out. You could tell people just didn't check the weather before they oh, stepped out. Oh, the weather app is so so important. The weather app's important. It's very very critical. It's going to be back in the fifties tomorrow Great. or today for when you're listening to this. So, anyways, there's highs, there's lows. Well, there are also highs and lows with Syracuse men's basketball. That brings us to topic number one. Number one. Syracuse knocks off Virginia Tech, or holds off Virginia Tech, might be the better phrase. 84-71 to on Tuesday night. Francesco, a much-needed win. It almost came back in the second half, but and at the end of the day, Syracuse holds on for a win. Yeah, Syracuse almost blew a second-half lead. In other, in other words, the sky is blue, right? That, it seems like it's been happening constantly recently. Whether it was NC State, whether it was Notre Dame, you know, same thing against Virginia Tech, but this time it was a little bit different because... Yeah, Virginia Tech made it closer in the second half, Tyler, but they never got the deficit below eight. So Syracuse was always, you know, they were always relatively in control of the game, which I think is a step forward. I also think that Virginia Tech was much more outmatched than either Notre Dame or NC State was, which honestly shouldn't be that big of a surprise because NC State's probably better than Virginia Tech and Notre Dame just beat Wake and Notre Dame, yeah, the record's terrible, but they're playing really good basketball right now. So, you know, it's a it's a game that you said it Syracuse had to win. You know you don't want to call it a must win when it's literally not a must win. But if you want to keep those slim NCAA tournament chances at least for an at large bit alive, you you had to win it and you did. I mean we're gonna get into this more later in the show, but it kind of was a must win. No, I, I yeah. I before the game I said this was an elimination game. Sure. Basically both teams clinging to the bottom of the bubble. Whoever loses probably gets pumped off. I'm still seeing Virginia Tech in some bubble conversations, which is ridiculous. 15 yeah. and 13, Syracuse up to 18 wins with this one. 19 wins, sorry, but yeah. Well, only 18 as far as the committee is concerned because Shamanad Because the Shamanad is right. a D2 game. That one doesn't count. But right. Syracuse, it was a bunch of mediocre performances other than Judah Mintz. 29 yeah. points, took over. Kind of silenced the you know the haters after the last few games, but Which the haters, I the fact that he has them, I for the life of me, I don't. It's care. ridiculous. I a few weeks ago said that he was the best player on this team, and you would have thought I said Munir Hima was the best player on this team. No, that no, that he's not. I mean, it was I was lambasted. I was told JJ Starling's better. I was told Malik Brown's better. And listen, you might be the most Malik Brown guy I love ever. Malik. I said he was going to the NBA last November. 
November of 2022. Is he better than Judah Mitchell? No. Thank you. Uh, no. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Malik Brown, though, in this Virginia Tech game, he, this is where you really see that the depth issues down low impact him. He can only do so much. And when you're trying to guard a 6'10 Lynn kid and you're trying to guard a 265-pound Milajale Poteet, what's his Poteet. For? We'll just call him Poteet. Poteet. 265 pounds. Yeah. He's the guy that's assigned to both of them. One of them's in the game ever, all, at all times, yeah. and he's always the guy guarding them. So he didn't really have a, a minute of rest, and especially in the second half, you saw the defense took a step back, and yeah. that's where it, it would be great to just have a body to put out there for a few minutes, like Naeem McLeod. Yeah. Peter Carey isn't really a body you can put out there I mean, for he, a few minutes. He's a body, right? But that's really kind of all he is. So. I saw an interesting stat. I believe Tim Leonard put it out uh, last week where since Naheem McLeod's injury, Syracuse's offensive efficiency has risen, has almost doubled. Defense, Makes sense. Defensive efficiency has pretty much been cut in half. I believe it. So that, that that's pretty much what Syracuse has been dealing with. Almost 90 points or at least 90 points in the last few games, but the defense is just – it's really ugly. You can tell even the guards get tired by the end of games on defense. Yeah, and Syracuse has been playing a lot more zone as of recently just to kind of mitigate that as much as they can. The issue you face against Virginia Tech is what do the Hokies do well? They shoot the three-point ball. I mean, they're lights out from three-point range. So – you had to put a guy on Padula. You had to put a guy on Couture. You couldn't really play zone against Virginia Tech because if you did, they were going to beat you from, from outside. So they played the man-to-man, and I thought they played it pretty well for the most part, especially early on in the game. Yeah, it broke down a little bit throughout the second half, but from an overall standpoint, you got to deal with who you got, right? You're not making a trade. You're not signing a free agent. You've got Peter Carey, and you've got Munir Hima as your backup setters. One of them's got to play five minutes a game, and you hope he doesn't screw it up. Correct. Like, it's as simple as that. What I've been saying for a while now is I'd rather have a tired, in-foul-trouble Malik Brown in the game than Peter Carey at the end. Well, what Adrian Autry's been doing recently is when Malik Brown gets his first foul, usually, you know, Syracuse very good at not fouling, by the way, so Malik Brown will get his first usually halfway through the first half. Autry takes him out for three or four minutes and then puts him in for the rest of the first half, so that way you pretty much guarantee... He's not going to go into the second half with more than two. Because if he does, I mean, if you get in a position where Malik Brown fouls out and you got to play Peter Carey big minutes down the stretch, I mean, you saw it against Georgia Tech with Munir Hima. He's on the blocks, can't get a defensive rebound. Georgia Tech wins the game as a result. So you have to have him in the game. Him getting in foul trouble, Malik Brown, that is, would be a death nail to the Syracuse team. You can't have it. Yes, but I, I am very much of the Jim Beheim mindset that you ride a guy until he fouls out for the most part because you'd the rather— Like Dolajai? Yeah, you'd rather yeah. stay in a game because he's available yeah. than wait too long and put him back in and the game's over at that point because the, the deficit grew. But I think you can balance the two. And I think Gontry's doing a good job of yes, it. Yes, I do think— I do think that's the good balance is take him out for a few minutes after in the first, one. In the first in half. In the first half. Right. That's totally the right mindset. Interesting with subbing, though. Quidier Copeland didn't come into this game until there was 10.04 left in the first yeah. half. Justin Taylor puts up 10 points against, uh, against who was it before Virginia Tech? Notre Dame. Against Notre Dame, and all of a sudden, he earns that much playing time in the first half. I mean, uh, he wasn't all that impressive. Six points, made his two shots, six rebounds, but it, he's just such a non-factor on the floor. I feel like you got to get Quadir in there a little bit earlier. 
not unfair, and I was a little bit confused by that as well. Now, you, you also have to remember some of it is just based off when there's a stoppage, right? So Syracuse, the way it plays, when you're not fouling, it means the, the clock doesn't stop very often. It's harder to get guys in the game. I, I mean, he wasn't sent to the table and there were until there yeah. were 11 minutes left. Sure. In the I, I, I get it. I, I think Justin Taylor's gotten his confidence back maybe a little bit. I think he's playing a Staking little bit better. two shots in I know, 25 minutes. I know, but you know what? That doesn't scream confidence to me, Francesco. No, but he was taking zero shots in 30 minutes a couple of weeks ago. You're correct. So it's, it's a half step forward. I will say my favorite stat of this season that is that Syracuse is 5-1 and one when he takes one shot or fewer in a game. Yeah, I so. mean, sure. But I'll also tell you this. Looking at the ACC tournament, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks, if you want to do anything in that tournament, you got to win four games in four days. Which means you're not going to be able to play five guys. Yeah, you got to give Taylor you, some minutes. Justin Taylor's got to do something. Give Kyle Cuff some minutes, who had two nice shots in the first half against sure. Virginia Tech. Right. Like, if, if nothing else than burning time, burning fouls, you can't play Mince, Starling, Bell, Brown, Copeland 40 minutes that, a night. You that, can't do it. That's a great point. We're starting to look ahead to the ACC tournament, NCAA tournament. But before that point, Syracuse takes on Louisville on Saturday. That brings us to topic number two. Number two. Louisville is a team that Syracuse took down to the wire at home earlier this month. It was it was ugly. It yeah. was an ugly win. Well, it was so it was a fun game because it ended up 94-92, but the, the, no defense played by either team whatsoever. If you like watching scoring, I'm sure that was a fun game. It looked like the All-Star game. If you like watching good basketball, no, not there me. was not much good basketball played. No. Chris Bell scored over 30 points, yeah. but now Syracuse travels down to the Yum Center. And <laughs> yeah, Yum Center. Louisville, not that great, but because it was close last time, it, it's certainly not a gimme game for the Orange. I said this the first time against Louisville, and I'll say it again. If you stack up the individual talent on Louisville, it eclipses what Syracuse has. Louisville has more good players than Syracuse does. You know what the problem is? The most mismanaged team in the country. They can't do anything right. I mean, they don't play defense. They run an offense that's even worse than Syracuse's in terms of you know running plays and running sets. It's just not a, a cohesive unit. It's just a bunch of individuals out there. And when enough of them play well, they're going to score their 80 points because they're that good as individuals. But from a collective, from a team standpoint, they're about as bad as it gets in the Power Five. Yeah, I mean, the thing Power is, six. They, they've got seven guys that can put up double figures on any given yeah. night. Uh, Sky Clark particularly had a really nice game against Syracuse last time. He Brandon had, Huntley Hatfield, Trey Mann, Tyler Johnson, exactly, all, Mike James. All of these guys put up at least nine points that you mentioned. Plus, Caleb Glenn has had better days. He only scored four last and time. And he, Tyler, was a top 100 guy last year. Exactly. So there's there's clearly a lot of talent there, but it's just so hard for me to not feel like the expectation is that not only Syracuse should win, but Syracuse should win by like a significant margin. Can I be honest with you? What? This is such a scary game for me. Uh, it it, it is, but it me. shouldn't be. It is, but no, it I think it be. should be just because when you've got that much individual talent, I don't care how bad the team is, on any given day, somebody can get hot and beat. They can. Now, you're... and by the way, remember, on any given day, Syracuse can shoot forty percent from the field. Correct. There's that too. Now, if it happens against Louisville, a team that's that bad defensively, that's a big problem. So the the other factor to consider here is that with tournament hopes, you know, Syracuse clinging on to them. 
it's not just as the net system has showed. It's not just wins. It's beating teams by a decent margin, especially teams that are rated as low as Louisville. Is. And yeah. so, I mean, Syracuse is going to have to claw up in the net rankings, win both of its right remaining regular season games, do some damage in the ACC tournament, mm-hmm. and. Louisville, if it's a five-point win, doesn't help Syracuse. It doesn't hurt Syracuse, but it doesn't help. Right. But, like, a 20-point win, that is something that can start being important for SU. A blowout on the road would help. Yes, because you're right. People ask, why is Syracuse so low in the net rankings? The answer is you beat New Hampshire by whatever it was, 10-11. You beat Canisius, I think it was by 12. You, You almost lost to Cornell. Like, that's the issue. Yeah, you don't have that bad loss on your resume like Bryant from a year ago, but you didn't blow him out. And in the net rankings, in those defensive efficiency, offensive efficiency, every other number that nobody understands that everybody all of a sudden loves, right? Margin of victory and the way you play matters almost just as much as whether or not you win the game. In some contexts, it matters even more because you can move up in the net rankings having lost the game. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's ridiculous. But it, it's the way it is. It's the way it is. It's starting to talk NCAA tournament hopes for the Orange. That brings us to topic number three. Number three. So, Francesco, sorry to cut you off there. I think we're having okay. a great back and forth sure. here on, on the net rankings. But, it, I mean, Syracuse is pretty low down in 81st, 81st I think. 81st last I checked. Yeah. Up from 82nd. A few days ago. So yeah, Syrac- they moved up without playing a game in the last, like, two days. Yeah. So really not doing too much damage there. I guess the other net, the other factor with the net rankings is that NC State is a few spots away from becoming mm-hmm. a quad one. The road game, yes. The road you gotta game. you got to be top 75 for that to be quad one. Georgia Tech is one spot away from becoming a quad two that's, loss. That's so huge. For because Syracuse. a quad three loss is very ugly. There's two of them. Florida State and right. Georgia Tech. Florida State, I don't think, is going to move up, but Georgia Tech is pretty close. And it's easier for Syracuse to move Georgia Tech into a quad two loss because that was on the road. So the, right. the parameters are much lower. They're, right now, Georgia Tech is 136th in the net. Yeah. 135th would become a quad, quad two. two loss. Correct. Now, here's another issue with the net rankings. When Syracuse played Florida State, FSU, I think it won three game, three or four games in a row. They were like 4-1 and one in ACC play, and they were everybody's darling. They were playing maybe some of the best basketball in the country at that point. Yes, they were super hot. They come into the Dome. Syracuse has a decent-sized lead, really midway through the second half and completely collapses, ends up losing by 16. The net doesn't care about context. That Florida State team is a whole heck of a lot better than it is now six weeks later. Now, to be fair... Oregon might turn into a quad one win for Syracuse. Exactly, and it giveth and, and taketh away. Three of Oregon's starters were out for that Oregon game. played without a center and with seven scholarship players. Correct. Right. So the quad giveth and the quad taketh away. But I will say, and Coach Brownell of Clemson had yeah. a really good kind of spiel about this the other day. Pittsburgh's head coach had a good spiel about this the other Cable, day. yeah. The ACC, I mean, you go back to when the net was – was started. Yeah. Syracuse was getting nine teams in the tournament every single year. The ACC year. was, yeah. The ACC was getting nine teams into the NCAA tournament every single year. Mm-hmm. It was perennially the best or one of the best conferences. When it, you and I, before you and I got to Syracuse, in the immediate years before that, the ACC was the number one conference That in the was country. college basketball. Yeah. And since the net rankings were, were brought in, all of a sudden the Big 12, who plays the 
easiest non-conference right. schedule Baptist, of any right. conference starts moving up the rankings because of those blowout wins sure. against bad teams. And so it, it it's it's not good for Syracuse. It's not good for anybody in the ACC to see that decline for every year since 2017. Mm. The conference's tournament bids from year to year have either stayed the same or dropped. Well, Down so, to five in recent years. It could be four this year. And there was a time where people thought it could be two, yeah. Correct. What the proponents of the net will tell you is that quality of opponent is mixed into the formula. Now, how well is it mixed in? I have no idea. I don't understand. I can barely do. Not I can barely well add two and two together, right? It's, it's small. I did see someone they recalculated the net, but if strength of schedule made up like fifty percent of the formula, which is obviously too much, it's a lot. But it's just interesting to see how much it changes. I well, mean, if you look at the RPI, Syracuse is top thirty. Now, the RPI wasn't a great system. No, the RPI is bad too. But it, it just the shows RPI you. might be worse than the net. I mean, it's it's tough to come up with one metric. That gives a full picture context, boils it down to one number, like they say in Moneyball. It, you just can't, you can't do that. And that's why, it's a selection committee, not a selection algorithm that takes into account right. multiple items. Uh, the the issue here with with Syracuse is that like, it, it's those eleven point wins earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and the thirteen point wins over the bad and, teams in the world, and you're in a dogfight with Tennessee with five minutes to go, and end up losing by almost twenty. Similar thing with Gonzaga, right? Gonzaga's now competing with Syracuse. No, Gonzaga's higher up on the bubble than Syracuse is, but if the Orange can get these next couple of games, make some noise in the ACC tournament, Gonzaga's a direct competitor. And if you look back at the final score of that game back in Honolulu, Gonzaga blew them out. But if you watch the game, they didn't. No. And the, the thing that some proponents of the net have mentioned is like, well, teams that beat up on bad teams are usually pretty good. But I, what I'd say to that is like, there's so many situations mm-hmm. where coaches will mix things up when up big, or it, there's no incentive to try new things or play walk-ons because every point matters right. at every point in the season. No, the net is the worst thing to ever happen to walk-on playing time. You're right. But at the same time, you have to remember this. We and everybody listening to this podcast are looking at it from the Syracuse perspective, having watched essentially every single minute of Syracuse basketball this year. The selection committee has not done that. Right, They have numbers in front of them. They have spreadsheets, and I'm sure they've seen Syracuse in some capacity. But the reason we have these metrics is because if you want to choose your at-large teams, you want to choose whatever the at-large number ends up being, 40-plus teams that that go to the tournament, you're not going to watch every single game. So you have to have those objective metrics in front of you when choosing whoever those best teams are. It's flawed. It's always going to be flawed. It's all, it always has been flawed. So there's no perfect way to do this. So if you want to get rid of the net, let me tell you this. You get rid of the net, you're getting something else, and it might just be as bad, and it might it, be even worse. It's very possible. It's just at some point, this was a big talking point during football season. The games have to matter. The results yeah. have to matter. And I get it. Part of the results is the deficit, mm-hmm. but it's also a win or a loss. Sure. And so you're telling me Texas A&M, who's 15-13 and 13 in Joe Lenardi's most recent bracket, is the first team out. Yeah. That's almost a 500 record. I know. In a, even if you think the SEC is better than the ACC this year, which it probably, probably is. Probably is, Is yeah. it so much better that an almost 500 team there is better than a team that wins almost two-thirds of its games in the ACC? Well, also think about it this way. Ole Miss is right around that bubble right now, right at, you know, first four out, 
last four in, next four next out. Next four out next right four now, out. yeah. Look at their non-conference. I believe, Tyler, and check this for me to, just to make sure. I think they lost to Detroit Mercy by one point. Or beat Detroit Mercy by one point. 70-69, to 69, that's correct. Detroit Mercy, I think, has won one game this year, Tyler. Can you check that for me? Uh, Detroit Mercy is, at this point in the season, 1-29. in 29. And Ole Miss beat that team by one, by a point at home. I mean, let's run through let's run through Ole Miss's non-conference schedule because this is kind of wild. Nineteen and nine, uh, basically the same record. Same as record as Syracuse for the most part. A sixty-nine yeah. fifty-nine win over Alabama State. That's a good Alabama State team. An eleven-point win over Eastern Washington. I uh, listen. Cooper Cup's not walking through that. A one-point win over Detroit Mercy. <laughs> yeah. A three-point win over Sam Houston State. Wow. Okay. A one-point win over Temple. The Owls, yeah. A 20-point win over NC State. That's solid. That's not nothing, yeah. Three-point win over Memphis, sure. Uh, Again, a bubble team, yeah. Nine-point win over Mount St. Mary's. The Mount. Two-point win over UCF. Central Florida, okay, sure. Ten-point win over a mediocre Cal team. Not a good Cal team, no. 17-point win over Southern Miss. Sure. 17 over Bryant. Really? I mean... Ole they got Miss, two. They got two good wins. Ole on Miss there. is one in six in its last seven games. Well, that's. I mean, they were at one point firmly in, and now they're out. Correct. I. I don't want to go too far into this Ole Miss thing. It's just. It's weird how the. No, how I get it. Stacks up it it is weird. I mean, and you said it. They're. What are they? Nineteen and nine. Yes. So Syracuse, as far as the committee's concerned, is eighteen and ten because yeah. again, Shamana doesn't count. Ole Miss is one game better with a one point win against Detroit Mercy, who might be the worst team in Division One. It just and Syracuse has. I mean, you talk about no bad losses, and some people might, were, the concern was no great wins. Yeah. Syracuse beats North Carolina their all worst, of a sudden. Their worst win, the worst loss, Syracuse is, is Florida State. I would say Boston College. Well, by the metrics, it's Florida State. By the metrics, sure. I, that that Boston College game was ugly. As well, well, I was there. It wasn't fun. But you know, speaking of scheduling, mm-hmm. I will say I I almost want to forget about this season because I don't think Syracuse is making the tournament. It's going to be a fun NIT run though. But today, the ACC schedule for next year, not not in terms of dates, but in terms of opponents, was released with three new teams in the mix. So that brings us to topic number four. Number four. Cal, Stanford, and SMU have been added to the ACC, joining the conference next year, and Syracuse plays all three of them on the road next men's basketball season. I mean, so it, it, it is absolutely bonkers. The most Syracuse has ever traveled in a regular season is 9,700 miles. Was that this year? I don't think that was this year. Well, then they went to they went to Hawaii. They went to South Dakota. They traveled a lot this year. Syracuse too. is slated to travel 17,000 miles. That's next incredible. Year. That's unbelievable. I, just I mean, even there might be some combinations of. Cal and Stanford together. Those are going to be within a week. Yeah. Miami, Florida State, you can pair up, but it's still going to be. Miami and Florida State, I bet you they don't pair up. Cal and Stanford, 1,000% they will. And SMU out of the Eastern time zone as well. It's going to be a a wacky schedule for traveling for Syracuse. Also of note, no game in the state of North Carolina, despite there being four Even teams NC there. State, no wake. No NC State, oh, no wow. wake on the road. So here here's the schedule. Boston College, Pittsburgh, and Notre Dame home and away. Okay. That's about to be expected. That's the, Pitt, the whole rivalry thing. Pitt yeah. and BC have always been paired up with Syracuse. Yeah. But outside of that, home games, Duke, who Syracuse doesn't play on the road, 
Georgia Tech, Syracuse doesn't play on the road, Louisville, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, and Wake Forest. So in terms of like getting an easier schedule, having Duke, UNC, and Virginia only at home is pretty cool for Syracuse. That's pretty big for them. It is. Uh, no, very much so, 100%. It is going to be very weird. Every single year we go forward when the ACC is at, in basketball, 18 teams, and football, it's 17 teams with Notre Dame in and out, depending on the sport. It's never going to be what you're used to a normal schedule being. It's always going to be, uh, when are they going to California? Oh, I got to go to Texas now? Okay. You know, here's the good news, right? These guys fly private. You yes. Know, they're, they're not flying coach. They're flying out a millionaire over at the Hancock. Right. They're not going to, uh, you know. Yeah, getting on a plane for six hours isn't fun. But at the end of the day, you'll survive, right? Like, you spend a week in the Bay Area, there are worse things in the world. I don't think the travel for men's basketball and football is going to be that bad. I think the other sports are probably in a little bit of a bind because I mean, like, there you are flying, Coach. Correct. If you're a women's soccer player going to play Stanford and you go to Syracuse, you're not flying first class. That's tough. That, but that, for men's basketball, it's not as bad. And speaking of those road trips, so like I said – Boston College, Notre Dame, and Pittsburgh. You add in Cal and Stanford. You add in SMU, rounded out with Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Virginia Tech. It's a, a solid group of road games. I mean, a lot a, of South. A lot of going South. A lot of South, a lot of West. Yeah. Boston College, not the worst team to have to play on the road. No. Cal, not the worst team to play on the road. Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Stanford haven't been great. And so, in terms of like, building a schedule where Syracuse plays its best opponents at home, it's pretty much what the Orange have next year. It is. I, you know, it is funny. Next year, both from a football and a basketball standpoint, the schedules are very favorable. Oh, absolutely. Very. I mean, the football schedule is a joke. Syracuse avoided Duke, North Carolina, and Florida State next year. I'm probably forgetting. Clemson. Uh, avoiding Clemson as well. In football. In football. And then in basketball, you're not going to Cameron. You're not going to the Dean Dome. You're not going to NC State, which, listen, PNC Arena is not, you know, this great home court advantage. No, no. You're not going to Wake, which, you know, you got blown out in this season. You're not going to John Paul Jones, which I can tell you is a home court advantage. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's about as good as it gets, no? Wait, are they not? Which one is John Paul Jones? Virginia. Oh, I'm thinking of Little John. That's Clemson. I'm Another of beautiful John. arena. Uh, they are going to Little John next year. I love Little John. Yeah, you're going to Little John. Soon, I am I on Tuesday. I'm so excited. Listen, Clemson, South Carolina, seven on Earth. Is Joe is Joe Gerard hosting you at his lakeside apartment? Yes, I'm actually staying on his hammock. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gotta that's yeah. gotta be quite the life. Down it's gonna there. be great. It's gonna be great. Listen, I went to Clemson last year for women's basketball. I almost transferred. It was, I mean, gorgeous. It's talking about women's basketball, starting to mix things up here. Uh, I'm done talking about men's basketball. Let's switch over to Syracuse men's lacrosse who just had an ugly, ugly overtime loss for the second time in the last two weeks. That's topic number five. Number five. So the Orange fall in two overtime games. A week and a half ago, Syracuse loses 13-12 to Maryland in overtime. After a controversial Syracuse goal gets pulled off the board. Michael Leo, almost the biggest goal he's ever scored Almost the biggest goal of his life. And then Maryland goes on to score and win the game. That's a number four Maryland team in the country. Then mm-hmm. the number five Army team mm-hmm. comes into the Dome and 14-13 to 13 in overtime, Army beats Syracuse. Oh, and by the way, the Orange had a wide-open shot on an empty net and missed it. And a three-goal second-half lead. And a three-goal second-half lead. 
Mm-hmm. Is it time to have the conversation that people were saying Syracuse is back? I don't know if Syracuse is back because Syracuse if, is back. If Syracuse was back, wouldn't it have won at least one of those games? Syracuse is back because both of those times it was decided by inches. I mean, Christian Muley forces a turnover at midfield. Goalie's out of the crease. He shoots and misses by maybe a foot. I mean, the Michael Leo thing, he was in the goal mouth by what? Six inches? I, that might be generous. We're talking about a foot and a half between two wins and two I losses. will say with the – and there's a world where Syracuse is undefeated right now. Uh-huh. And then but, probably the number one, te- number one team in the country if they are. Or number two team in the country. But it's not. I know. Because, I mean, it's one thing to miss an empty netter, but to give up that three-goal lead is not I know. pretty. I it's know. It's not pretty. And then what I will say about that empty netter is Mule simply has to hold on to that ball for another few seconds. Well – I don't hate the shot because Chess wasn't particular. Ch- Matt Chess, the goalie, wasn't particularly close to getting back in position. I know, but at the same time, like when you're a Division One player in your fifth year, uh, you know, and you're a really good player at that, a thirty-yard shot with an open net's one you think you're gonna make. Well, you, then you gotta make the. I shot. know, and that's the thing. Like if you're Mulet, and he said it after the game, listen, it's a shot I gotta make. I just, I just shot it wide. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, it's. It's a tough, because if, if you're a Syracuse lacrosse fan, it's been a long time. I mean, you haven't been to championship weekend in a decade. You haven't won a national title in 15 years. This is a program that, for the previous 20, 30 years, was winning every year. So you're not happy about it. You want to get back to that mountaintop. And listen, you got the team to do it. You got the talent. Now, Will Mark's got to play better than he did yesterday. You've got a good enough defense. You got a great offense. You got a great goalie who, to me, has not been unbelievable yet this year, but you know he's got the pedigree. You know he's got the chops. As this season goes on, Syracuse is going to start to win these games. They're going to pull one off against Notre Dame. They're going to pull one off against Virginia. You know, they'll pull one off against Johns Hopkins, whoever it ends up being. They play so many teams, Cornell, so many top 10, top 15 teams the rest of the way. All they got to do is grab a couple of them. And they're going to make the NCAA tournament. They probably will. Here, here's the quote I want to go back to from yeah. before the season. Sure. Gary Gate says, if this team loses all four of its ACC games, mm-hmm. he still thinks they can make the tournament. I agree with him. He's correct. But that means you have to stack up a lot of ranked wins outside of the ACC. Right. You lose two opportunities there. Yeah. Johns Hopkins is going to be a tough team to play. It is. Delaware should be a win, although They're, Delaware's a solid team. Um, you know, in the fringes of the bottom half of the rankings. But you have yeah. to go on the road to Cornell. That's mm-hmm. another tough one. Sure. I, there's only so many more opportunities for Syracuse to get those ranked wins outside of conference play. Now, I, Syracuse's goal should be to get, I think, two wins in conference play. I think they definitely beat Carolina. Yes. And then the question is, can you beat one of Duke, Virginia, Notre Dame? I think they beat Duke. They could. I mean, Duke's really good. Duke's really good. I, I think Notre Dame has just had Syracuse's number so well over but the last But Notre Dame just years. lost to Georgetown. Correct. So who knows? I, I, would be, I would be shocked if Syracuse's defense held the Kavanaugh's to under a few points. Yeah. I mean, also, you get Virginia in the Dome. You get, no, you get Duke in the Dome. I think Virginia's been a, been a really strong strong team recently. The, the one reason I say Duke is the at point Duke out as the potential second win is just 
Coach Gate has seemingly had Duke's number over the last few mm. years in terms of that's his lone top 10 win as a head coach for the men's lacrosse team. Yes. And every year it's seemingly somewhat close. I mean, 18-15 in the finale of last year, and it seemed like Syracuse kind of had a chance and, late in that one. And they took Duke to overtime in game one last year. Exactly. In the dome when Duke hit like 12 pipes. So I think this might be the year that Syracuse beats, beats Duke I think it again. Is. I, think, um, I think it'll be the year that they – they will get at least one, I think two, maybe even three top ten wins this year. So that would be Duke. UNC is not going to be a top ten. UNC is not going to be top. So 10. that means you got to be Hopkins, Hopkins, Cornell, Cornell, Duke, Virginia, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. So you have five options there. I you think, think they'll get. get a, I think they'll get at least two. You said three. Though. I said two, maybe three. I said I think they'll get at least two. I wouldn't be shocked if they got a third. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's going to be a, a fun team to follow this season. It is. I'm, I'm certainly going to have my eyes locked into this I know team you throughout will. the year. But that'll do it for us today on Fizz 5 alongside Francesco Simone. I'm Tyler Aiken. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Orange. And that's your Fizz 5. Listen next week. Subscribe, rate, and review. This has been an Orange Fizz production.